Canada's local gardener presents Shauna and Dorothy Doby, the editor and publisher of Canada's local gardener magazine, I Here For You. Hi, I'm Shauna Doby. And I'm Dorothy Doby. And we're here today with Larry Hodgson. Good morning, Hello. Larry. Hi, everybody. Now, uh, Larry, you are Quebec's version of, I don't know, Mark Cullen and Ed Lawrence and everybody all rolled into one, aren't you? Hey, kind of, yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been in the media for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's sort of the same thing. I, when I go into English Canada, I get to be sort of a unknown. There's <laughs> no one who, has, who knows who I am. Which is I know who you are. Oh, you do. But <laughs> a lot of people don't. And I'm from the <laughs> West, so there you are. Yeah. Well, one of my problems is, is that I have a bit of an English accent when I speak French. And if I open my mouth and say anything... In public, people turn their heads because they recognize my voice <laughs> and accent. So. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, but you're not completely unknown in uh, the rest of Canada because you have a website called The Laid Back Gardener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that's a, it corresponds to a French website. Yeah. I, I basically do, an art, I read an article today, believe it or not. Wow. There's like 2,000 nearly 2,500 articles on my both my websites. And then I translate it into other language and adapt mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, it's a lot of work. Wow, that is a lot of work. And, you still, have, and you still have time to garden. Well, I did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're last also- summer, I, 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 used, I, used to, I was leading garden tours, like many garden tours, about 12 a year. And they were all canceled last year. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I was home all the time. To take care of my plants. It was wonderful. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> but you're also a writer. You've written many books. Yeah, I have I've written uh 64. The 64th Ooh. book comes out this month. That's what I've heard. Wow. So I, I write a lot. I write an awful lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I write a lot too, and I'm not that prolific. <laughs> that's a lot, that's a man. I, I just write all the time. But that's what I like to do. It's like Writing for me is like breathing. It's 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 so natural. I don't have to think mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I don't either. But do you write in the garden, Larry? Do you go outside in the garden and write in the summertime? No. no, I never go outside because the sun would do too much for me. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love sun, but not with not when I'm writing or writing. Oh, well, I like to be in the shade, but because I like to take my computer outside and sit in the shade and write. Oh no! What I do is, and it's sort of automatic. I'll suddenly find myself outdoors in the garden. I don't remember what I, I've been writing. How did I get here? On. I'm in the garden doing something. And it's just, I don't think about it. It's my body says it's time. Mm-hmm. Get out there. And I just relax totally. Yeah. And then I come back inside and, and write some more. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things, I don't know, Sean, about you, but when working from home, uh, I kind of like that because when I my mind gets a little bit blank or I'm sort of stuck, I just get up and wander around. And if it's the summertime, I go out in the garden. And, but, and then it suddenly hits me and I'm back and I'm working again. I max out at three pages a day. Yeah? Well, yep. Wow. My three pages a day, that's, I've done that before breakfast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So that's us in writing. But, okay, what's growing in your garden, Larry? Well, right now, of course, it's very, very early. So uh-huh. nothing's, no, no leaves or anything yet. But the earliest bulbs are up, though. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I had flowers in March, very, very end. I'd never had bloomed in March before. First what, time. daffodils, so Larry? Or? 
Well, daffodils aren't up yet. Yeah. The tulips either. But so, uh, the very biggest ones. Yeah. The little squills, some of the yeah. squills, mm. uh, crocus, um, winter aconite, chironodoxa, mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. I mean, I have thousands of them. My entire lawn is full of flowers. Yeah, is it? And I bet it looks beautiful. Wave after wave after wave of bloom. And then it eventually turned into just, just ordinary grass. That's the dull part of the year. But uh, for the moment, it's so you, you've got to go outside and look every day. It's just too great. <laughs> well, before the snow hit us, and this is um, in April, folks, if you're listening, uh, we had, I had things come up. I had Scylla in the garden, which is very early. I mean, we mm -hmm. this was started in March. And mm -hmm. daffodils and tulips and all that sort of thing. And then, boom, I guess they're probably still there. But we won't find out until after the snow is gone. But it's very early this year, isn't it? Okay, extremely early. I've never had this before. I mean, I've lived in this house now for, I think it's a 20, 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And I, I basically notice my first flowers are. That's that's important. I've never had a bloom in March before. And <laughs> this year, just, just before the end of March. Yeah. Very bloom. Probably of, has been. How about Toronto, Shauna? Is it the same way there? Yeah. But I, it seems to me we've had this before. I can remember um, going to community blooms, community uh, Communities, Not community. Communities in bloom. Canada blooms before yeah, Canada. and uh, thinking, wow, we can buy all these plants and plant them. And that's when I was a pretty new gardener. <laughs> so I bought plants and did not plant them um, because it was just so early in the season. And that happens in March. So, But that's great. So we're going to have a wonderful summer this year and lots of opportunities, I guess, for people to try some new things. What do you do to push the envelope in Quebec City, uh, Larry? Well, there's all sorts of things to try. The garden centers here are not really, well, I guess everyone complains about the local garden centers, right? They just <laughs> I do. don't bring in the new stuff that I want to test. So I'm always bringing things in from by, by mail, order, um, seeds from even from overseas or the U.S., whatever. I like to try stuff. And mm -hmm. I tell myself at some point, I don't have to try stuff anymore. I've been gardening for like ever since I was a kid. <laughs> I know what grows well. I should stop doing that. <laughs> it's yeah. just not possible. Every, I mean. Why am I trying new tomatoes now? How many tomatoes have I tried in my life? 200? I should know which ones grow well, but I keep trying new ones. <laughs> do you like plant from seed or do you plant from plugs? Mostly seed, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I, the fun of growing seed is too much. It's just, it's just a joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. What, what kind of setup do you have to grow from seed? I have a, my, a basement full of fluorescent lights. <laughs> which I use for various things, not just for growing from seed, but a lot of the lights are only used during this during this time of year when mm -hmm. I'm growing from seed. And I have one single um, heating pad, just one, mm -hmm. that, because uh, I don't need more than that for just the, the ones that, are, that need to get a little bit of warmth as they as they yeah. start to grow and move things around like that. So, uh, and then as they get bigger, they transition into my cold frame. Mm -hmm. I have a cold frame against the side of the house. What a very large one, really. Yeah. And uh, can't I can use it right now for the really cold tolerant stuff. It's mm -hmm. a bit early for that. But in about two weeks, I'll be able to put even tomatoes and peppers in it. So and today is the fifteenth, sixteenth of April. So you're talking beginning of May. You'll be able yeah. to put peppers and tomatoes in your cold frame. Well, this year maybe because it's, it's it's warming up, and yeah. uh, it's it's a night temperatures, and I have a little. Grab it because of course they control everything from my office. I have one of those little thermometers. Oh, yeah, it's got the control. I can see what temperature it is in my cold frame. Oh, my goodness! <laughs> so I can watch things. And, and what temperature is it cold. in your cold frame right now? It says right now that it's 20 degrees. 
Wow. And of course, you know, it's, of course the sun's out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And it wasn't cold last night. I don't know what it got back to. I was I wasn't worried. I have nothing in it at the moment that that doesn't can't t- take a bit of cold. But uh, so you do but, you do vegetables because you mentioned tomatoes and ornamentals. Yeah, both. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And um, how big is your yard? Oh, just heavens! About it's 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 a basic suburban lot. Uh-huh. It's uh, seventy five feet by one hundred feet, I think, something like that. But right. I've took out except for one little patch of lawn. I've taken all the lawn out. Yeah. So I have lots of space to garden in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty uncommon. No, I have to ask you two a question. Um, have you been hearing about this idea of starting seeds in a slow cooker? Oh yeah. Have you, Larry? No. Uh, For the heat, when you mentioned the heating pad. No, but this is the latest fact. Probably cheaper to use than maybe the seed mat. No. But that was all yeah. the rage a couple of weeks ago. People were starting their seeds in a slow cooker, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I would too. The problem would be controlling drainage and whatnot. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I think it has to do with uh, young people. They're yeah. they're trying all kinds of new things. Yeah. You know, start your use toilet paper rolls to start your seeds and stuff. And yeah. people are trying it online, and they're saying this isn't working for me. Yeah. <laughs> or starting like starting carrots from carrot tops. Yeah. Oh, and, you're and, not going to get a root. Minute. Does anyone know that it's not going to produce a carrot you can eat? <laughs> But they don't know that. Just, well, but that's, but that's how you learn, right? No, it, it's fun. It's a fun experience. I get that. Mm-hmm. But somebody should say, as they're talking about this, you, it'll just produce roots and leaves. It's not going to produce a carrot root. And it doesn't seem to get spread that bit of information. We'll have to get that one out in the magazine, Shauna. And <laughs> I guess we should. Yeah, garden myths. Because, yeah. well, there are a lot of things that people grow from tops of, of plants. Yeah, uh, that, you know, I mean, lemongrass is another one that people can grow in their garden, and some of them work and some of them don't. But it might be kind of fun to do a piece on that. Mm-hmm. What have sure. you tried, Larry? Property. What have you tried from that? Starting from oh, uh, well, I I uh, do use it for celery. Yeah, course, do you? Bottom, yeah. So you take the bottom rather than the top. It's, it's a huge difference. And celery, of course, is a rather delicate vegetable to start from seed anyway. Yeah, and it's it's slow growing, so I just save time. Mm-hmm. Buy it from the grocery store, cut off the top, use the top. And since we're not big users of celery anyway, I mean, I just have two plants. Wow. That's all I need. And you, you just know, keep trimming them? Just keep, just keep taking the leaves off as, as they come in. Like, you know, let, let it grow, harvest the outer leaves, and just keep going like that all summer long. Does it grow stock? It will, well, yeah, be, the, it never gets quite as sick as originally. But you yeah. can still eat anything, right? You know, it's all edible. So I basically get a sort of small, thinner stocked celery that I can use when I want. Because do, do you was, need do you need to start from a celery root or? It's basically yeah. the base of the of the bottom. Stock. Yeah, bottom. Cut off the top part, and then you've got the bottom with the roots. And I root it in soil. Of course, you can always start it in water if you wanted to, because people want to see the roots. But I put it right in soil, and then when the weather's ripe, ready, I, I put it out into the garden. Hmm. Ian's thinking of doing seeds in his uh, with that big pod thing, veggie pod mm-hmm. that uh, we and he's done a you know we've done a podcast on it, and I think he's going to have a problem in this in this climate with seeds right into the veggie pod. What do you think, Larry? Well, he'll get sprouts; it'll grow fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. The problem is, will they mature? If he's just growing them for leaves, he can do that. But he's not going to get a full. 
I see he's from Jersey, so he doesn't realize it's a little bit warmer there they, than it is. Here. They plant their potatoes in February. Uh, well, yes, <laughs> that's a, a bit different. <laughs> Jersey, you know, Britain, not Jersey uh, down down south. Yeah. But, so how much of your garden gets redone every year? Oh, Many not things. much. Not much. Not much, no. I'm going to redo one flower bed. I've promised myself mm-hmm. this year. But I really, I let mostly the garden take care of itself. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on revisions. I mean, I spent years putting it together. Yeah. And I tried to put in plants to take care of themselves. Perennials? Uh, Perennials and shrubs. Yeah. Lots of shrubs. I'm yeah. very into shrubs. Yeah, me too. the least work of all. Right? Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so, my entire front yard is shrubs. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and so I don't have to do a lot of change. So a couple of places, like this one particular garden, where it's it, right out in front, right by the road, it doesn't quite have the impact I want. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I want to redo this year. That's going to be, I'm going to leave some of the stuff in. I'm going to, I'm going to add, I have a few ideas of what I want to add to it. Okay. To more impact. So what are you going to add? Well, for one thing, I have this wonderful phlox I found about two years ago called mm-hmm. Gina. G-E-A-N-A, only one N. And uh, I saw it first in the U.S. Uh, in a public garden there. What does it and look it was like? Blown away. It's a huge phlox. It's, the label says four feet, but it's five feet tall. Really? I love phlox. And it's got tiny little flowers. It's oh, not like this. Really small, but huge masses of flowers. What color? They're pink. It's pink. Basic pink phlox. Mm-hmm. But... The most amazing things are the butterflies. Yeah. I've never seen a plant attract butterflies like that. And that's what struck me when I, when I first saw it in the U.S. And I thought, wow, that's pretty amazing. So spell so, that again, because I'm yeah. sure people heard it and didn't n- note yeah. it. G-A- G, sorry, it's J-E-A-N-A. J-E-A-N-A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gina. What else? Um, well, another that I discovered a few years ago. And I've got like two plants of it. So my my idea this time is to uh, divide it. The mm-hmm. ones I have. It's a rudecchia called um, American Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sort of similar in a way to um, Goldstrom. You know, the, the yeah. bright one everyone knows. Black-eyed Susan, everyone knows. But Black-eyed Susan's starting to get a disease uh, called septoria. Oh. And it causes the leaf to turn black. Now, I haven't seen it here, but I'm just, I was looking for a replacement ahead of time, you know. What, I a fungal disease of some sort? It's a, it's a disease that makes the leaves turn black. Yeah, it blooms right. very well. We've got leaves that get black patches and turn totally black sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I've seen horrible, horrible messes in the U.S. of that. And so I thought I'd get ahead of it. And what variety is, is resistant? And I heard of this one, American Gold Rush. So I tried it. It blooms even more than Goldstrom, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently totally disease resistant. Hmm. So I'm my goal is to replace, and I have quite a bit of, of Goldstrom. I've been growing it for 20 years or whatever. And my idea is to try and divide it and replace uh, the ones I have now with, it, with a new one. So when the disease comes through, I'll be ready for it. That's my idea. <laughs> Well, and with the with warming, I, you know that's quite possible because the fungal diseases tend to survive. Yeah, I have a question for you. Yeah, what is the biggest mistake you ever made in your garden? Oh, good heavens! That would be some of the plants I put in without thinking twice about it. Yeah, Just stupid mistakes. Why did I not do my research? 
but I just saw it. It looked interesting, and I brought it home. Oh, boy. I mean, I actually planted Japanese knotweed. Yeah. You believe that? What an idiot. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> boy, I moved. That solved the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, because I was in it. You know, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. I, I was in a garden in Edmonton, and the guy had it, and I thought, oh, this is really cool, until I started looking into it. Discovered it wasn't maybe the most. And how about goat weed? Yeah, goat weed. Well, I've never planted that on purpose. But unfortunately, <laughs> I, it came with my house. So. I have to say that uh, when I was doing a win, uh, this garden will be in our next issue of the magazine. Um, Kim Sinclair in Winnipeg plants, she doesn't care. And she planted uh, quite a mass of goat weed, the variegated kind. I have to say, it looked really good. Oh, it's beautiful. Because it was all in bloom, and it was yeah. in front of her yellow shed, and it was just beautiful. But you got to keep it under control. And I she does. something for you guys. If you've ever planted Campanula, uh, you know, the, the, the one that's uh, the creeping bellflower, Mr. Tomato says that you kill it with corn gluten meal, the liquid kind, which you can mm. get in the U.S., and, and now you can get it, I think, on, on the Internet. Corn gluten meal, liquid. He mm -hmm. said it just absolutely does them in, and it also gets Canada thistle. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a little bit. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, because that's a tough one. The roots will go down twenty feet. So, yeah, that's a little hint for anybody who's listening: corn gluten meal uh, in liquid form. And um, he's written a story about it for uh, the Prairie Garden in this next issue coming up for twenty twenty two. Well, he should write a story about it for Canada's local gardener. <laughs> Yeah. You'll, have to, you'll have to charm him. <laughs> okay, before we go any further, we need to stop for a little break where Ian is going to tell us a couple of 10 neat things. Oh, the joy of perennials. They take a licking, but continue to keep on ticking. Perennials are plants that come back from the same root year after year. How long is long? I guess it depends on the perennial, right? The term perennial refers to plants that live longer than two years. But some perennials don't live much longer. Delphinium is a short-lived perennial that will often self-sow, making it appear that they are long-lived. Some live as little as three years. Other short-lived perennials include columbines, dianthus and shasta daisy, to name but a few. Of course, there are those that are extreme, Many perennials have much longer lives. Peonies and clematis can bloom happily for 80 years, and more if they are divided. Hostas, daylilies, pulmonaria, and balloon flowers can all live a very long time. Now go out there and have some fun with your perennials. Now, Larry, tell us about your favorite tool. Oh, gee. Well, I what's it called? Power plugger, I think it's called. It's power a plugger? Power plugger, yeah. And it's there's no power. The power is from you. But it, <laughs> essentially, it's a planting tool. And I use it for bulbs and for, like, annuals. It cuts a hole in the ground, okay. takes a clump of earth out, a bit like a bulb planter. So it's not it's like a digger. Tube, yeah. And it's heavy unlike those bulb planters which always get bent out of shape yeah they like okay. three uses and you can push it in and it can pick because it's got a long tube shape mm -hmm. it can pick up a lot of clumps i think about eight clumps 
Oh. And when you get finished with it, you just turn it upside down and they all fall out. Okay. And so I punch holes in the ground. Where did pack. you get this? Oh, I sent for it from the U.S. I okay. saw it in the U.S. at one of the Garden Raiders meetings. And Here's, I thought, this is cool. So I like I like hefty, hefty is not the word, but solid tools that are going to yeah. last. You know? And this is one of them. And is it, it going to work in clay, though? That's the question I have. Oh, it'll work in clay. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. Not a problem. Is that just big issue? There's, there's a foot step on either side. So you can push them with one foot or the other. Oh, just okay. push it right down. And mm-hmm. then, you know, when you've got it on the top, it's just a very handy tool. And I use it a lot for bulbs in the fall. Mm-hmm. Sort of, I'm always hanging bulbs. I don't know why. I'm going to keep adding more. Well, I could use and, that because I... I'm at that, you know, like you build a you build a little round circle thing and pop the bulbs in, and it's so fiddly. So this yeah. sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's fast, and I'm at the point where since my my garden is pretty much full of other plants, I'm sitting playing bulbs in amongst others, so I can't <laughs> dig big holes anymore, and that's just perfect. I can fit them in any old place. Well, I've never had an interesting answer like that. It's called a uh, plug. Power plugger, I believe. I should have Power checked plugger. before I mentioned it in case it's not that. Power uh, plugger. We'll let people know if it isn't. You, know, you, you can always check it, or I'll check it for instead of the real name. But I just love it. It's uh, it's uh, it's really handy. You can find something similar, I think. Because so I was talking to a friend. He said, oh, that looks a lot like what we used to plant trees. Mm-hmm. And he works yeah, in, that, that's probably he works with, with planting forest trees. So I would think if you can't find that particular tool, Try somebody who supplies uh, tree planters, tree farms. Well, my daughter, she's going into her fourth year planting trees this summer. She uses a little shovel. They all do. Okay. Well, well, that the kids do. They just well. put it in under the under the, the ground, right? They just put a split in and pop. They they don't actually oh, dig a hole. Did you did you hear that? There's a company. Uh, I think it's a conglomerate, basically Spanish and something in South America where they're now using drones to plant trees. Yes. Actually, I sent that on to Tree Canada. They were quite excited about maybe buying Canadian rights for it. Well, yeah. And I also sent it to the federal government because, you know, if they're going to plant a billion trees, they're going to have to find a little better way than just... Yeah, right. Labor. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you dig? Do I dig in the garden? Mm-hmm. Sure. Good. <laughs> because well, because now the, the thing is no digging. Oh, digging in that sense. Yeah. I don't turn soil over. I dig for planting. Right. But no, I don't. I don't. I do not. And I have not for yeah. 25, 30 years. I have not. Really? Uh, I use a lot of mulch. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm big on mulch. What and, kind of mulch do you um, use? Chopped leaves when I can get it, which I usually can because I use all mine and I steal my neighbors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like Greg Otten. <laughs> he was telling me. Well, I'm not the only one. It used to be hard to do, be, easy to do because nobody used their leaves, right? Mm-hmm. So you just went down to the street and picked them up. But now there's this competition for them. Yeah. You, know, you, you have know, to get up early. <laughs> you do, and I'm not kidding. You see people in their, their house coat and slippers running off <laughs> and grabbing bags of leaves. So you've got to really be there at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My husband started that years ago in, in the spring, and you know we used to backbreakingly pull everything down. He just took the lawnmower and chopped everything up in the garden, and it was great. <laughs> After that, that was it. No more of that hard work in the garden. I leave everything up. I might take it down the next year. I'm a really lazy gardener. <laughs> 
Okay. you mentioned that you've been doing this since you were a little kid. What? How did you start gardening, and where, and all that? I would be in Scarborough. I'm I'm from Toronto originally. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, my father taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were kids, we were all taught to garden. We all had a garden base in the vegetable bed. Every mm-hmm. kid, there was four of us. And I don't remember when I started because I was you know too young to remember that. But I can recall my father teaching my little sister, who's ten years younger. Mm-hmm. And she was still wearing diapers. Wow. He was teaching how to put big seeds, you know, like I think it was probably um, corn or maybe it was beans, mm-hmm. you know, how to put them in the ground. Yeah. So she was already gardening at that age. And I assume I did too. Mm-hmm. So I've always gardened. And as time went on, you sort of transition into your own favorites. At first, I did whatever my father told me. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I wanted to try stuff. And I liked the big stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to grow pumpkins and corn, things that were up big that impressed me and started to discover his seed catalogs mm-hmm. and began to read seed catalogs like they were novels mm-hmm. i would read everything and he would always try to help me make choices because i would make the wrong ones like i wanted to grow blue poppies what mm-hmm. a, you can't have a 10 year old <laughs> growing blue poppies it makes no sense but that's what attracted me and at one point i actually snuck around behind his back and ordered blue poppy seeds. <laughs> my own. And so, he, how did they he grow? Me, he wanted me to grow sunflowers of all things. Oh yeah, but how did the blue pop? How did the mechanopsis grow when you? They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to learn. <laughs> well, years years later, as an adult, I finally got them to grow, and they were terribly hard. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, gee, it was a, a total misadventure. Mm-hmm. The story is quite insane. I mean. I tried a couple times with no success as an adult, knowing what I was doing, had no luck. Mm-hmm. Finally got them to germinate. It was essentially keeping them cold. Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I started them in my cold frame in the fall. Mm-hmm. And they came up in the spring. Did they? Tons of baby plants. Yeah. Tons and tons. But then they all died off pretty quickly. But a few. I ended up with three plants, mm-hmm. which put in the garden. That was fine. Uh, they grew very slowly. So the second year, there was not really enough of a plant yet to do anything. But they survived. Okay. Mm-hmm. Year three came up. And they started to have buds. I'm like, wow, this is really great. I can hardly wait to get back and, and see these flowers and bloom. And so I had gone off for a lecture, maybe four or five days. I came back. They were all snipped off. <gasps> I thought, the groundhog. I was really mad. At it. <laughs> and it, I, I mentioned it to my wife and said, about the, fl- the the poppies. What happened to the poppies? And just poppies? My wife's not too good in plants. Yeah, the, the blue flowers. And she said, oh, those. <laughs> oh, I took them to the office. <laughs> and they didn't last a day. <laughs> oh, what is so, I waited another year. Mm-hmm. And they bloomed again. And then they died. So that was my blue poppy experience. I bet I that was it, eh? I've seen them grow once here in Manitoba uh, in the shade in a place a little bit east of here. But, yeah, they're a real challenge. Yeah. They they seem to like it cold at all times. Yeah. And I and I grew them in the shade, by the way. I, I, I'd write up about, about, enough yeah. about them. And they're, they grow under, in the wild under pine trees. So I have pine trees. So I'll put mm-hmm. them under there. And uh, But you could tell they were unhappy. Yeah, it's just too warm here, really, for them. They do really well at, at uh, Reefer Gardens, further down on the St. Lawrence River in Quebec City, really? which oh yeah, they've got an entire forest for them. Hmm. 
So what is it, Larry, Hmm? in your travel and you've done a lot of garden tours, what is it that makes people want to plant things that they can't? Because I have been in Malaysia and, and the prize plant in this rooftop garden above a shopping center was an apple tree and a goldenrod. <laughs> we were all there together, the three yeah, of us. Exactly. Yeah, we were there together. We, 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 I remember that. Well, I can tell you a story of when I realized how unreasonable I was being with that sort of thing. I always had traveled and was so impressed by plants elsewhere. And I wanted to grow palm trees and I wanted to grow oranges and whatever. And I was visiting this garden in San Diego and uh, they were going to have a, group, a tour. And I was on my own this time. So I thought, oh, I'll follow the guy, go around for the first time, get to know it. And so she takes us around this group of, of mixed people from all over the place. And she said at one point, I'm going to show you the most incredible plant in the garden. It's the first time it's ever bloomed in the entire county of Los Angeles. <laughs> and she takes us around the corner and it was an, a, a crab apple. Yeah. A little crab apple. Warm, like, there. like 25 flowers in it. Yeah. And the other people in the group were, were from other countries. And they're taking pictures of this rare plant. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, where I live, they, they get a lot bigger than this. And she said, woman said, oh, don't tell you, you can grow lilacs too. Really? <laughs> and then it just, it just sank in. I thought, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, I should be happy. <laughs> I have the crab apples. I have the lilacs. Why would I want more than that? <laughs> you know, so I, I, I got over that. that. I'm able to live without palm trees now. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, we're going to take another break and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Make the most out of your gardening endeavors this year by subscribing to Canada's local gardener magazine. Four seasonal issues, thousands of tips and ideas in each colorful edition. Go to localgardener.net and order yours today. All right. Now, tell us, Larry, um, what's your favorite plant? Well, I've had the same plant for years. I don't know why I don't change, but I just like giant fleece flower. Oh, I mm-hmm. like it too. It's, it's become very popular and it, yeah. it really for a good reason. Such a huge and beautiful plant and it blooms all summer. Basically, right until the beginning of fall. Of course, and you cannot. Fall. Sorry. Yes, it's less impressive at the beginning of fall. The flowers are getting a bit faded and pinkish, but it's this big, beautiful white thing. Yeah. The 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 problem is you cannot get rid of it. Oh, that's well. I don't. Why would I you want, want to? to <laughs> because I planted it in my front garden. Your yard's too small for that. Well, it yes. is. Yeah. It's not a it's not a plant for a small garden. It'll it'll grow six feet by six feet with no tr- with no time at all, but it's right. glorious. Yeah, I but, it very much. The, and the, the thing is, apparently, well, apparently, it is susceptible to Japanese. Uh, what do you call it? A beetle. Yeah. Oh. Which I don't have. Yeah. Nobody I know has around here, but if it comes this way, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. But it hasn't yet. Mm-hmm. So for the moment I'm growing it. You like big plants? You know? I love big plants, yeah. I do too. And yeah. so that flock sounds really intriguing. And that's yeah. one of my favorites. I have all kinds of flocks. Oh, you know, Gina has no scent. It's very odd. Oh. You'd wonder why the butterflies love it so much. But it seems to have no scent to it. Hmm. Maybe they're smelling something we can't. It could well be. We're seeing something we can't. Yeah. Uh, and so besides a fleece flower, 
What do yeah. you, you know, like, do you have the, the Arunchus, the, the beautiful globe? Yes. yes, I do. I have, I have two plants of that big, big, big ones, right? Of course. Cause they just are gorgeous. And there is a problem on uh, coming in with them as well. Oh, gosh. Which um, i trying to see what's called in English. Um, false caterpillar or whatever. I can't think of the real name. Okay. Bad translation from French. But <laughs> it, it, it's, it's from Europe. And about four years ago, somebody sent me photos of leaves being eaten up. And so I looked, couldn't find anything online in North America. And saw this insect, it's sawfly. Arunca sawfly. Oh, sawfly. I knew it was specific yeah. to, to that plant. And I saw photos from Europe showing that damage. Nothing in North America. So I wrote it down and said, look, I, it, it can't be this really, because it's not available. It's not in North America. But it sure looks like this, this uh, goat spear sawfly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the address, address was a bit north of Quebec City a town called Stoneham, to discover two years later, new outbreak of, 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 of sawfly found in the town of Stoneham, Quebec. Oh. So, and it's spreading, and that's near here. So I'll probably get it before anybody else does. But mm-hmm. I, every year I see my plants and say, they look just gorgeous. This this could be the last year. But uh, for the moment, I, I keep, hate this. I want to get rid of them. That's going to be something too, by the way. They're hard to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a lovely one. What about Philopendula? That I have is I I like the ones that are quite aren't quite that as invasive. The seven mm-hmm. feet tall ones. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I love uh, yeah. Anything big is great. With those I big mean, fluffy pink fl- flowers at the top. Yeah. I'm I'm into well, that. Pieweed as well. I have the, the pie weed, oh, oh it's a preparing one. And since the climate here is kind of on the rainy side and it likes it moist, they are just gorgeous and they the, 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 the last summer flowers of summer, summer, you know, mm-hmm. beyond that, you're into fall. And they're gorgeous. And the butterflies love them as well. What I think you just said something that's really worthwhile for people who are listening, because if you've tried Joe Pie and you're not getting anywhere, find a, a wet spot in your yard. Yeah. Put them in the, you know, in the wettest pot because then they're happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a garden in Quebec City where they have a water garden, a big water garden. You couldn't do it in a small yard. And they have about seven different clumps all around this water garden. Uh, and where it's always moist. And, oh, boy, are they beautiful. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. Well, we, we were talking about the plants that other people sort of appreciate from different countries. And I saw a Joe, giant Joe pieweed in an English garden. And it was sort of the pride of place. It was our favorite uh, you know, plant because it's not common there. Yeah, whereas here, it grows in ditches here. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's a gorgeous weed. <laughs> it is a beautiful weed. Okay, so I, I what zone are you in there? In that you're near Quebec City, aren't you? Yeah. I'm theoretically I'm zone four B. Mm-hmm. I suspect I'm probably in sort of three A. Oh, so on the northern slope of a mountain, mm-hmm. and it's colder than you know. I mean, if you look around, you can see Norway maples get burned in the winter and things like that, which oh. shouldn't happen for B. So I'm probably a bit colder than that. Doesn't matter. I get, I get usually get lots of snow cover. Mm-hmm. So anything low growing is fine. Mm-hmm. It's the taller stuff. I've got to watch out what I plant. Do you plant a lot of uh, fruit trees? No, I used to, mm-hmm. but I have no space. <laughs> Not anymore. Because so I was thinking, wondering about espalier. If you've done any espaliering? Oh, I did try espalier. That was years ago. That didn't work for me. No. Um, no. Well, the idea behind espalier is you're supposed to plant them like you you prune them 
up against the wall yeah. mm-hmm. to get the warmth in the spring so they come up early and they bloom early and you get fruit ahead of time. Well, that doesn't happen in my climate. No. What I end up with is that they come up too early, mm-hmm. they start to grow before the, t- the right time, and then we get frost. And uh-huh. so it kills all the flower buds. Mm-hmm. And it, it, and you really couldn't do it here. I, other people probably may, might be able to. but And this would have been in the warmest spots in my yard where the frost is least likely to, to hurt. Yeah. But they well, come up just far too early. A, a spot where I was actually able to grow um, figs. Hmm. Not that they ever flowered, but they came back from the base. Oh. So it's not much warmer. But oh, know, everything gets frosted. Sometimes espalier is just to save space, uh, mm-hmm. though, because people will grow it in the middle of, well, middle of a, an yeah. area with just against wires. Well, Ben and Mark have done a story for the Prairie Garden about uh, the Espalier, because nobody here in Manitoba, they, they, people want to try it, but they really haven't done it, They're one or two. and But I think probably, you know what, Larry, we're going to have the same problem you're just talking about. Mm-hmm. Because if we put it on a warm wall, chances are we're going to get a heavy frost and lose the flower, lose the, yeah. the fruit. Well, that was what would happen for me. And uh, it was too much work anyway. Mm-hmm. It was because I, I was more ambitious when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten much more laid back since then. <laughs> that's why the name, Laid Back Gardener. Yeah, yeah. By the way, well, that's, that's talking about that. Where do people find you on the internet? Pardon? What? Where do people look for you to on the internet? Well, simply laidbackgardener.blog. Uh, okay. And uh, I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm easy to find. Yeah, I, I find you in searches all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Which is a, great. <laughs> yes. Well, just a funny anecdote for those who write. I'm always doing research. I'm, I look on the internet now. In the mm-hmm. old days, it would have been books, right? Mm-hmm. I've got tons of books, but now I do it in the internet. And I'll look for information about a certain plant. And I'll hit an article. So that looks interesting. Start to read it. And then realize I wrote it. Yeah. I, I wrote into that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, because when you write a lot, you forget what you've written. You don't. I mean, I cannot remember. Uh, like I've written about 2,500 articles for my blog. I don't remember those. I'm sure you maybe remember the, the last 12 at the most. So that's I find stuff that I've written on the internet all the time and said, Oh, I wrote that. that. Oh, that's that's astonishing. <laughs> What's the biggest challenge you've ever encountered in your garden? Oh, gee, challenges. I basically, if anything I've really wanted to do, I've always overcome it. Mm-hmm. So can you call that a challenge? Well, yeah, I guess you Well, that's what a challenge is, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I never really undertook anything logically that I couldn't do, I suppose. So, so you did something you did and you, you, you said, okay, that's I mean, the blue poppies. Up. The blue poppies were another greatest challenge, really. Yeah, yeah. And I succeeded. I uh-huh. pushed until I got it, but uh-huh. I wouldn't call it a huge success and I wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would you say to, the, like, there's a lot of young gardeners just starting out. Where would you tell them to start? Well, I would if it really, really start. Depends whether they're interested in vegetables or, or ornamental plants or whatever. Start with plants. I mean, I, I find seeds super easy. Yeah. But, you know, start with plants. Get used to that. Look for ones that are considered easy. Ask around because mm-hmm. locally that could depend on what where you are, right? Yeah. What plants are considered easy and start with those because you do learn from mm-hmm. working with the basic ones. Don't start off with the complicated things. Yeah. I mean, with house plants, they keep getting 
emails, I suppose you too, of people who, my hibiscus isn't blooming, or my hibiscus is losing its buds, or the leaves are turning yellow. Well, yeah, but that's a challenging plant. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they starting off with, I don't know, philodendron? area. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> and start with that. And you, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. I think you should start with the easy ones. <laughs> yeah. Also, so it grows anytime. Does that doesn't matter whether it's light, sunny, dry. It's happy. Yeah. It grows. So that's a good place to start. I had a kid who did, who used to produce my show, and I I bought him a um, a ZZ plant. Mm-hmm. You can't kill a ZZ plant, right? Yeah. Well, he did. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's rare. <laughs> got to water it for a year, <laughs> but actually, well, I, you know what? You got I to bet, come back. Yeah, it, it would come back. I bet from the yeah. from the tubers in the ground. But gee whiz, for a year. That's yeah. a long time. <laughs> it's not really forgetting at that point. It's just looking at it and thinking, I can't do it now. Because yeah. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. But that's I've given up on my peace lily. I'm just letting it die. Kill a peace lily. It will. <laughs> it just gets thinner and thinner every year, and I'm just gonna say goodbye. It's no, the I have one right behind me in my on my I have a, a fireplace garden behind me. And uh <laughs> You can you can see it, but the people on the podcast can't. Yeah, there's a piece of lily growing in the middle. I've tried three times to get it out of there. <laughs> Cut it right to the ground. What piece of lily in your in your fireplace? Yes, and <laughs> we'll have a light. I've put lights in there, and they grow mm-hmm. plants in. in oh, okay. <laughs> and I cut it right to the ground. I thought it's dead. Uh-huh. Got rid of it. So I didn't want to dig up the whole garden, right, to get it out. Yeah. And a year later, it came up again. <laughs> And then I cut it out again another time when it gets too big, and up it came again. You know, and it's there's a blooming. Yeah, and uh, I can't, I, I can't get rid of it. So there you go, Shauna. There's another story for us. Plant you can't kill for the novice gardener. <laughs> Boy, well, I can kill it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Find out what's growing on. Follow Canada's Local Gardener magazine on social media. Explore the colorful world of gardening with us. Discover our special offers and take part in our online contests. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Get growing with us. And we're back. Larry, you were just going to tell us about a tomato that you found. Yeah, last year I accidentally bought a tomato plant. Mm-hmm. So how did that happen? Accidentally. Well, I wasn't buying it from I don't usually buy tomato plants. I grow them from seed, right? Right. But I was doing a TV show and we needed flowers from a tomato plant. So mm-hmm. we could we were doing a show about bees actually, and we were bringing it near hives so the bees could pollinate and we could take mm-hmm. a photo, take the take the shot. So I went to the garden center. This was like April or something like that. And uh, maybe it was me, and there were no tomatoes there, just this one plant. Mm-hmm. And so I bought it. And it was a little tiny pocket-sized tomato plant, little tiny thing, with little tiny miniature flowers, made dozens and dozens of them on the same stock. Mm-hmm. And it was called um, uh, Candy Yellow. It's called mm-hmm. Candy Yellow. Yeah. So I said, okay. So I bought it. I used it for the show. And then I have this tomato plant. Well, I don't throw things out. So I put it in a bigger pot. It was severely underpotted, like, you know, made no sense. Put it in a bigger pot. 
And when the weather, weather got warmed, I put it out. That thing produced all summer long. And there were stocks. Now, I looked it up, and they say it claims it can have 100 fr- fruits per stock. Yeah. Oh, my I don't know if that's 100 or not, <clears throat> but it was just amazing. They're tiny little things. I it's a current tomato. Current tomato. Tiny little things. They were yellow, of course. Yeah. And um, my grandkids just love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I showed them where it was, and they'd come and harvest. And it became the first thing they'd do when they came over, because we weren't allowed to actually get close to each other like last mm-hmm. summer. But they could go through my garden. I'd point things out to them. And they'd come straight in, head to that plant, and they'd harvest all the fruit they can. How big was so, the plant when it, when it was mature? Well, the plant itself, I don't think the plant was ever any bigger than maybe um, five inches tall. And really? maybe oh. 30 centimeters, which is one foot, one foot across. That's the wow. most. So it's a really small plant, covered in flowers, fruit all summer. Now, wow. I thought, I don't think it's grown from seed. If I understand what I understand, it apparently was developed in Israel or something like that, and it's cutting grown. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I'd be able to find it next year. I don't know. Yeah. So I took cuttings. So mm-hmm. I now have cuttings of it that I'll be trying out again this year. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, I've never grown tomatoes from cuttings before. Yeah, I was just so the first time. They're, they, it, do, it, they do quite well, though, don't they? Why wouldn't they? They're... They're a perennial in the south. Yeah. So I just never, I'd never done it in the past. The idea is maybe if you take cuttings, maybe they could pick up a, a virus or something and degenerate. But well, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's, it's far too early to tell this year. So what were you doing them in? Wa- rooting them in water or just right into soil with? No, so I don't. I don't root them in water. You, you Directly into soil. Also, yeah. And they've been under lights all winter. I mean, since September, early September. Okay. And just sort of sitting there, not doing much because there's not. Yeah. Quite enough life to make them happy, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll be moving them into the light soon and potting them up into something bigger. Huh, that'll be interesting to see what goes on. Yeah. What a, now, you said you've um, grown about 200 tomatoes by now? Oh, I'm sure in my life, yeah, for sure. Have you ever grown Riza tomat? Uh, no, I've tasted it though. Yeah, and what does I, it taste like? It, I didn't think it tasted that good, mm-hmm. which is why I didn't want to grow it because it's weird enough looking. Well, I can right. always bumps and lumps and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't think it had much of a taste to it. And I'm more into tasty tomatoes. Yeah. So what are your favorite? Oh, well, I love that. Um, oh, what's it called again? It's well known. Uh, Sun Gold. Sun Gold. Oh, yeah. That's a, it's a cherry tomato. Yeah. It is sort of orange. You know, it's sort of, yeah, I know uh, the one. And it's, it's a big, big plant. And it produces like crazy. And it's delicious. And so I really like that plant. Mr. Tomato out here likes early girl. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about early girl. Yeah, because I guess it's so early. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like the fleshy ones. I mean, I like tomatoes that have seeds in them. Don't you? Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, I always think the, the ones with a lot of flesh are mostly for cooking. Yeah. Or eating, per se. So, no, I like the ones that you can pop in your mouth, actually. The ones like that. Cherry tomatoes are, are smaller. Yeah. I'm starting tomatoes for the first time this year. Um, I've got two varieties. I don't remember what they are. And what I found odd was when I ordered the seeds, um, the one package came and it had like nine seeds in it. And the other package, I've still got seeds. It had, uh, I don't know, probably about 30 or 40. That's the one, the first one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, probably the nine seed one was a hybrid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they end up charging about the same price, but then. Because somebody manipulated it physically to create it, they give you less seed, and mm-hmm. that's how they, they make their money from it. Mm-hmm. 
and hopefully it'll grow for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about what? cucumbers? Do you grow cucumbers? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I grow cucumbers pretty much every year, but I also sort of try. My wife's the cook. I, I'm not the cook. Mm-hmm. So I sort of go by what she wants. And sometimes she'll say, no, no cucumbers this year. I've got too much put away. And uh, so I'll, I'll skip a year and then come back. Because I like those. By the way, she makes pickles? Yeah, she makes pickles, yeah. I like those long Japanese or the English ones, that you, and I grow them on a trellis. Yeah, I, I always grow my cucumbers on a trellis as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes so much, so much less space Yeah. right off the bat. And they don't get and I always figure the fruits that are on the ground, you know, sometimes you have problems with insects or yeah. slugs. Yeah. And off the ground, there's less damage in general. Although, like any gardener, if there's any slug damage to a fruit, I'm just going to cut it off and eat it anyway. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. Who wants that? <laughs> okay. Now, we never, I never really, we talked a lot around this. New plants versus the stalwarts in the garden. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference for one over the other? I should. Because you said solid. you like to look at new plants. <clears throat> I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. I keep trying new things. I, I shouldn't. I mean, I, I know really what plants I should be growing. Mm-hmm. And yet I keep trying the new stuff. I mean, maybe it'll be better, you know. And sometimes it is. Sometimes <laughs> it isn't. You know, it's a mixed bag. So you I don't have, really know why I'm like that. But I can't, You'll have, I can't you'll have to take out some of the old plants to fit the new ones in, though, right? Yeah, that, that's what ha- ends up happening, yeah. And so, no, I, I'm really... Not good at saying new to new stuff. I'm mm-hmm. just going to try it. Maybe it's like Christmas presents, you know. It's, sort of, it's, a, it's a gift. It's a present. It's new. Mm-hmm. It's what are the standards up. in your garden, Larry? Which What are the old standards that you like rely on re- every year? Well, some of the old standards are plants that were introduced with my lifetime because I'm old enough for that. Yeah. But uh, like shrubs like uh, um, Pinky. What's it called? Pinky. pinky, pinky. But one of the hydrangeas? One of the hydrangeas, pinky winky? yeah. Pinky Winky. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's not that old. It's been around, what, 15 years, 20 years? Yeah. But boy, is that a gorgeous plant. And it mm-hmm. takes care of itself. And it blooms like mad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really. You can't read. Really, I mean, I only, have, I only have one. I have no room for more. But boy, if, that was, if I was smart, I'd have lots of them because there's no work to involve. Yeah. In that plant, and mm-hmm. you get great results. So that's one of them that's really, really great. What about lilacs? Yeah, I have... I cannot pronounce the, 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 the name. It's in Russian, but they're calling it Moscovy something in English. Kretsovitska Moscovo, something like that, but I don't speak <laughs> Russian. That is my favorite. It is gorgeous, <clears throat> pale pink flowers, sort of turn white, very, very double. And the more double a, a lilac is, the more perfume it has. I was going to ask really? about that, yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. So it's just incredibly perfumed. So I have that one. I also have a variegated common lilac, yeah. which just the plain word, I forget what its name is, but, you know, there mustn't be more than two or three cultivars of that. Sensation. Just, I think there. I've only come across one uh, variegated lilac cultivar. I have one that was bred in northern Manitoba, and he sent it to me as a, as a gift, and it grows on a single stem. Yeah. Um, it's not very hardy, but it got beautiful blossoms, and they're, you know, they're pickety with the white edges. Yeah. Well, this one has just plain ordinary lilac flowers, mm-hmm. but the fact that the foliage looks interesting all summer long. Yeah, oh, the foliage is very good. It does. It does um, sucker, mm-hmm. which is normally a bad thing. But people always come by and say, "Oh, that's a wonderful plant. What is it? Where did you get it?" And here, 
there's a shovel. Let's <laughs> dig out a piece. And that way I get rid of my suckers. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what about peonies? Yeah, I, I grow a lot of peas. I've, I was into the species and I'm not totally out of the species, mm-hmm. but I was into the species for a while mm-hmm. and uh, I still grow them. I do, I do like the, uh, the new intersectional ones there. And insanely expensive. And the color is just so brilliant. Oh, they're, they're stunning. And they're, they're so much more solid than the others in yeah. many, many ways. And they, they bloom for a longer period. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your budget allows it, I would go. I mean, Barcella, which is the cheapest one these days, it's gotten you know quite a bit down in price. Yeah, that's a beautiful it's one. A, a lovely yellow one. Um, I think most people can afford that one. Go try it and see. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Yeah, Barcella. Yeah. Yeah. What are they running for in your part of the world now, Larry? Well, I, not many are up below sixty-five, seventy-five dollars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those are the cheap ones. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they go up into one hundred and fifty and whatnot. Yeah, I know three hundred dollars. Some of them. But you know, it's going to last. It's not going to die, probably. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't die. As It'll long as you don't plant it too deep. It'll be there forever. Yeah. And so Here's- it's a good It's a bit like um, hellebores, which yeah. I was insanely expensive. But then I say, okay, look at it this way. It'll be there for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So I allow myself three a year. Three a year. Three new ones? Yes, three new ones mm-hmm. a year. And you would be amazed how many I have now. Because I've, you know, but wow. So that, you know, okay, that's that's a hundred and some odd dollars gone on three plants. Yeah, they're just not but, that hardy here, but oh, they're so beautiful. Well, here they're just fine. The foliage gets cut back. Yeah, but we have we have snow cover here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they oh. have it in Winnipeg too. Yeah, yeah. Just the, well, maybe where there's more snow, mm-hmm. but okay. uh, and they're they're just coming out right now. Actually, I saw them yesterday. The first flowers are coming through. What's so the best hellebore? Oh, I couldn't say. There's just too many. There's so many. They're not hellebore, heuchera. Heuchera. Oh, boy. I would go with one of the um, the large-leaved ones. I find the others a bit hard to maintain over time. Yeah. So maybe like Carmel or something like that would be a week. Of course, the um, the old purple one, what's it called? It's That's a tough one, too. I the one with the maple leaf shape. Palace purple. Purple. purple yeah. Palace purple. That oh, was the yeah. first colored one to come out. Yeah. And it's always been a great plant. Yeah. But a lot of the others are... Not that persistent. My favorite shade plant is is Epimedium. Oh, good heavens. I have lots of those. Isn't that wonderful? I love them. Oh, yeah. They're and so delicate. I, I keep telling people. Of course, I tell the wrong people. I'll go to a hosta <laughs> society and tell them I would give up every single hosta and replace them all by, by Epimediums. Yeah, and, and they don't horrified. Like <laughs> horrified. <laughs> They're so beautiful. They're so delicate, and they and they change color, and that just oh, and the flowers are really pretty. Yeah, I just love the fact that it's always, it's never the same thing twice. Yeah, it's one thing in the spring, then a little later in the spring, something else. Summer it's different, and fall it's changed again. Yeah, and uh, no, I, I love them, and they're mm-hmm. they're also on the expensive side for the most one as well. You've got to pay for them. <laughs> Which plants do you really hate? Common plants. Oh. Gee, what common? Well, of course. The, the really invasive ones like goat mm-hmm. weed, which is an yeah. absolute horror. I hate that. What else do I hate? I don't hate any of them. I just don't think I should plant some. 
<laughs> you don't like you don't like orange flowers or red flowers, Mom. I do now. Sure. Listen, I'm all for the orange petunias, and they they quit, they quit doing them because of some genetic problem. But I think they're coming back. And I I got discovered orange in the garden in pots a couple of years ago, and I'm just wow. What what have I been doing planting pink and blue for all these years? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's, I guess it's just whatever mood you're in for the time being, but I'm like you, I can't resist what's out there. Mm -hmm. Last year, and here in Manitoba, we have a lot of garden centers and not only in the city, but all around the city. So last year, um, Ian, who is, uh, who is our president of our company uh, and I, and his, his uh, girl, who is also our uh, bookkeeper, went from garden center to garden center to garden center every Friday for about six weeks. And we came home with masses of unusual plants. What a wonderful thing to do in the spring. Oh yeah. I mean, I always come back from a garden center with plants. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've gone there to buy soil or seeds or who knows what. And then I go through the plants. And I always find stuff I want. And then of course you get home, you have no room for it. So I have to take something out to put it in. And well, that's just the way it is. And of course my driveway through about a first sort of the summer looks like a nursery because I've always got all these plants I haven't planted yet and they're all sitting in the driveway. I Fortunately, no one steals them because they're there right out in front, but that's where I put them while I'm waiting. <laughs> I have a lot of things that grow in their original pots and sometimes they don't get planted, but you do too, Shauna. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't bought a plant um, in some time though. Oh, like, oh my yeah. garden's full. Yeah, well, I can find I can find space for anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll always make room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, Plus, not, I'm always not, traveling like, at that time of year. <laughs> big big trees, maybe not. But even then, I'm very tempted by big trees too. So. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you planted a redwood in your yard, right, Shauna? I did, and you know, it's not. It's coming out. We're getting rid of it's. It's not a redwood. It's a dawn redwood. Dawn redwood. Yeah, uh, and um, it's you know it's gotten taller, but it hasn't gotten much thicker. Uh, and it's been there for 15 years. It's coming out. All the trees in the backyard are coming out. We're going to redo it. There's, there's one Dawn Redwood in Quebec City, which is amazing, so mm-hmm. considering it's zone 4B. But it might have, you know, it's grown from seed. It might have been a bit hardier. But the thing is about, it's in a private yard. I'd say it's about 25 feet across and about four feet high. Oh, my goodness. It just gets topped every winter by the cold. Yeah. Because we usually get four to eight feet of snow, right? Yeah. And so it it just every time it gets blasted at the top, it oh, just cool. sideways. Like it, it doesn't look that great, to be honest. Oh, but mine, it's there, you know. <laughs> I have to mine is one probably about uh, six inches across. That's it. I've got to finish oh. with the story that will embarrass Tree Canada, but they, <laughs> this is a great story. When you talk about things that grow laterally as opposed to vertically, yeah. they um, years ago they had an opportunity to plant a tree at the House of Commons in the grounds of the Confederation block. Well, it was the, the time when Molly the sheep was, or Dolly the sheep was being cloned. So everybody was into cloning. Somebody cloned the branch of a spruce tree and they planted it in the garden and it never grew vertically. It's, it's just like, spread it just reminds yeah, me of Don Redwood. Yeah. Conifers will do that, you know. Yeah. Maybe they planted it sideways. <laughs> they wanted to take yeah, their name off because it was so cutting. embarrassing. If you take a cutting from a con- from a conifer of that type, yeah. If you take it from the from the the top, it'll grow straight upward. But if you take a side branch, it'll never grow straight. And that's what they really. Yeah. So Mike, oh, that's funny. And, and Mike Wilson wouldn't like that I told that story. 
<laughs> so don't say anything to Michael. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear. Okay, well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I, I wish we could do this every week, but we can't. And uh, I want to thank you, Larry, for joining us. Thank you, Mum, as always. And I want to thank the Government of Canada for giving us the money to make this possible. Thank you all. It was fun. Good to see you, Larry. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you.